Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Miss you, man. I miss you, man. I miss you in polite society. We miss you. I miss you, too. Is <laughs> <laughs> that right? That, that, that's work. That's work. Right. Okay. I miss you, I miss you, man, do I miss you, I miss you, man, I miss you, I miss you, man, do I miss you. Welcome to another episode of podcast called I Miss You, Man. My name's Lonnie, I'm here with Dylan. How are you doing, Dylan? Doing great, Lonnie. How about you? Very, very well. Thanks for coming today. I know you're having a bit of sleep in this morning. <sighs> Never going to let this down. I can't wait till the day you accidentally sleep in and miss our first podcast recording session. I will hold it against you for the rest of your life, mate. <laughs> Dylan, put that aside for one second. What's this podcast all about? Well, normally, Lonnie, it's about you and me taking each other on a journey each week through a topic that could be anything. It could be life, pop culture, everything in between. That's right, Dylan. This week, we've given the reins of our pop culture journey over to our friends, from the Impolite Society podcast. We are joined by Rachel and Laura. Welcome, ladies. Hey, well, thank, you. thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Well, thanks for and coming. Letting, and handing us the reins. Yeah, it's all you, okay? If it's podcast, if it's good or bad, it's up to you guys, all right? Oh, gosh, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> now, so you're our first international guest. You're joining us all the way. You want to say the American Midwest. I want to say St. Louis. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. You nailed it. That's that we say St. Louis, but we don't pronounce things right here. Oh, okay. St. Louis, <laughs> is it? Oh my goodness. Um, I don't know much about Missouri, and I'm hoping you guys can tell me a bit about that. But have you guys been to Australia at all before? No, I've I've wanted to. I have several pop culture reference and literal literary references to what Australia is like. I've always wanted to go, but I have not been yet. Yet, okay. Definitely one for the bucket list. Australia and New Zealand is up there, right? Um, but I'm going to flip the back at you. Have you guys ever been to the States? No. I had to think about it for a second, but no. <laughs> I like that you had to think about it. You were like, have I? Have I gone on a 20-hour flight? <laughs> no. hey, you never know. Um, but no, no, I haven't even been outside of Australia. I've only gone to Tasmania. It's the first I've gone. How about you, Lonnie? I've been to New Zealand and that's it. And you know, just as I was sort of getting my life organized to have enough money to travel, um, travel stopped. So well, hopefully yeah, soon. It's really got the short end of the stick where it's a big journey anywhere outside of Australia, right? It's true. Uh, it's, it's a pricey plane ticket, I'm sure. And also to say, oh, you've just been to Tasmania to me is like, <laughs> what? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's so relative. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's just uh, just another state, you know, boring <laughs> stuff. I mean, I guess that's how we could say about uh, yeah, California or something like that. Eh, yeah, it's just like a little weekend trip to California. <laughs> to California. Um, but yeah, that is definitely that sounds really cool. And I think there's probably plenty enough to do in Australia to keep you busy for decades and decades. So yeah, it's a massive here. place. Yeah, just getting all around Queensland away from is would be 
take forever. It's like a 20, mm. 24 hour car trip from end to end. So Whoa. yeah, pretty massive. Wow. Yeah. That is something that our two countries have in common is that we have a lot of space, right? And everybody who's crammed together in Europe, they don't, they can't comprehend how big <coughs> and how much driving it mm. takes to get from one spot to another. Yeah. Yeah. But at least you've got like what? 300 million people we've got like 25 so we're a bit spread out <laughs> in the grand scheme of things yes exactly uh, we'll try to work out some comparison between um brisbane queensland australia america missouri um st louis um i found a map apparently it says that queensland is like louisiana because we're both batshit crazy but fancy the rest of Queensland <laughs> is like um, Alabama or Florida. They do call Queensland the deep north, like the deep south sometimes. Um, I guess we've got the crocodiles in Queensland, mainly up north, so it's it like the alligators you guys get there. I'm not really sure. The, the Midwest was apparently a bit like South Australia, a bit boring, like a flyover state. I don't know if that's true. Oh, um, well, you could tell somebody in L.A. probably contributed to that article. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. we'll have to go sometime and try and make those comparisons in real life, I suppose. I think, so I, I was reading that Brisbane, like hot and wet. So Florida or Louisiana, but Louisiana is very distinctive in like, I think of New Orleans, which is such a specific mm. culture and such a specific feeling. I go to New Orleans almost annually so it, it's such a vibe and i don't know that anybody else can compare to that you know but like the the hot and wet swampy kind of feel that uh, florida i love florida mm. but honestly in the u.s florida i'm gonna be honest with you guys it's a little bit of a red flag uh, yeah if <laughs> you if you seen the google florida man mm. blank <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know you what I'm talking that about. Same kind of vibe. Is it just the humidity that drives people insane? I mean, that could be true, especially in Brisbane. Definitely not not the interesting vibes of, of New Orleans. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> what about the uh, crazy vibes of Florida? <laughs> uh yeah, we get that a bit. <laughs> like Google Brisbane man. Like, what's gonna come? <laughs> oh, do not, do not do that. Not <laughs> uh, just here to talk about. Um, Brisbane today or St. Louis, we're here to talk about 30 Rock and some of the best ever episodes. Um, before we get there, though, I really want to talk more about our guests. Dylan, do you mind holding on to your 30 Rock hot takes for a few moments? Okay, Lonnie. Okay. I'll keep it in as long as possible. <laughs> okay. Now, Rachel and Laura, um, would you mind introducing yourselves? Rachel, could you go first, please? Yeah. So I am Rachel, one half of the dynamic duo that makes up Impolite Society. And I think you can kind of summarize everything you need to know about me and just like three quick facts. One, I am like borderline animal hoarder. I, I have four pets right now, but that's just the tip of the iceberg over my entire life. Um, I did wear a replica of the one ring to elementary school one day. So that just tells you about the kind of kid I was. And then finally, I have been on not one, but probably more around the five to seven ghost hunt range of, in my life so five to seven ghost hunts did you That's find anything no i mean you get different levels of activity right nothing concrete you know we're all all of us paranormal enthusiasts we're still chasing that one concrete <laughs> piece of proof but <laughs> it does not come to me on my five to seven ghost hunts 
maybe one day you'll find something. Um, yeah, on your on your website, Rachel, I could see that you um, describe yourself as the reformed horse girl. Could we yeah. dig into that a bit deeper? What does that mean? So, um, are you guys familiar with the concept of a horse girl at all? Do you have horse girls in Australia? I know you have the uh, Brumby, some kind of wild horses over there. Did I get that word right? We call them Brumbies, I think. Yeah, yeah in the wild yeah. horses. Um, yeah. yeah, we had uh, Saddle Club, didn't we, Lonnie? There was a show called Saddle Club. Is Horse Girl just a girl who's obsessed with horses? Is that yes, what we're talking like about? Yes, like that specific girl in elementary school who had the horse stickers, the horse notebooks, like yeah. all of this horse gear who may or may not have actually ever ridden a horse. That's the other thing, right? <laughs> okay. It's like there was horse girls who rode a lot of horses and there was horse girls who never seen a horse in their life. It's like a personality trait. You know, it's like a whimsical, you know, that there's there's a certain weirdness around horse girl. Okay, but you've reformed yourself. Yeah, I did. I got it together. I joined our equestrian team, which is probably like your saddle club, right? Not a TV show. There is Mm. no film crew, but it was um, the equestrian (laughs) club in college. So this really was lasting a long time. And then I was hanging out with those gals and I was like, oh my God, they're weird. And then I kind of pulled myself back to the end of the living. That's right. Weird. (laughs) You might not want to re-spark your um horse girl obsession but i'm pretty sure that chris hemsworth was in saddle club as a kid like one of his first roles so was he actually oh my goodness so, yeah oh my goodness that oh is, she's okay, into thor to too well, there you go. <laughs> luckily i'm at the legal limit of pets here so i'm not going to go out and get a horse any day but i can <laughs> definitely do that research and, and dig up that old uh some screen grabs well there you go um laura your turn now what's your story hey I'm Laura, the second part of the Impolite Society duo. You know, I am a Midwestern gal. Fun facts about me. I, number one, I'm a mommy. I've got an 18-month-old baby. No, 18-month-old baby (laughs) that just today started smacking me in the face. So that's a fun thing I've got to deal with. (laughs) Two... Uh, fun facts. I used to be a mortician, uh, a funeral director. That was wow. how I started my career was embalming dead bodies. Mm. Okay. But Dylan, Dylan, do you have any follow-up questions about that? Yeah. What was it like? It was crazy. <laughs> honestly, I, I think, <laughs> but funeral culture differs a lot between, um, other other continents in America. I know, I don't know what the funeral customs are in Australia, but in England, I know that which is you know your mothership We're linked. or mother yeah, yeah. country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're still kind of in charge. Of I don't know what the PC yeah. thing to say is. <laughs> Same thing. Mother part country. of the Commonwealth. Yeah, yeah. Commonwealth. There you go. That um, they when they do embalm bodies, but they don't do any of the prep work. Like they don't put makeup on them and things like that. What is the case in Australia? That, that can I've never been to a viewing myself, but I think they do. They go all out and I yeah, think they do make up. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I've been to an open casket. So but. that's interesting because I don't know how many open casket funerals I've been to. Rachel, what about you? Oh, I've one maybe. Really? I remember? I just I went to one last week. That's bonkers. <laughs> wow. That's the thing. I don't know that's... a lot of people that died. I'm lucky. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, cremation is, but I, cremation is a lot more popular. 
Um, but it sounds like they don't just kind of float them out into the swamps over there. That's not the Australian <laughs> funeral, Viking funeral. Into the billabong. <laughs> no. <laughs> I haven't seen that happen, no. Well, that's interesting, Laura. I think I've got, I can yeah, maybe get you on some other time talk more about your mortician days. That's, that's mm. really cool. We talk about it on the podcast occasionally. <laughs> okay, cool. It comes up. It's relevant more often than you would think. <laughs> there you go. Um, on the website, you're not a horse girl, but it does say that you're a couch potato and world traveler. Um, those two things don't seem to go together. <laughs> that was kind of the whole point of me adding it that way. Uh, at the end of every night, what I'm doing is sitting on the couch and watching television shows. Currently, I'm watching all 10 seasons of Frasier. I'm almost done. Five stars. Five out of five. Love that show. But I will leave wherever I am in a heartbeat to go anywhere. If any friend says, you want to go to X, yes i want to go to x i love <laughs> to travel um i don't do as much as it of it as i'd like clearly i haven't been to australia yet uh but it is my lifeblood and i'm continually fighting with my husband because he is such a homebody i'm like go 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 let's go places let's go 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 wow. it's a struggle well you know the in 2032 the Olympics are coming to Brisbane, so Ooh, you can come, I can, come down here and, yeah. I got 10 years to work on my husband. Just like <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dylan, do you have any follow-up questions for our guest at this point? No, no, I'm good right now. I want to know more about the Impolite Society. Can you give us the elevator pitch? What's it all about? We are digging to the strange science and the sociology behind those taboo topics that you cannot talk about with your girlfriend's parents on your first time meeting them. <laughs> and how did the podcast start? We started it, I feel like, as most people started it in uh, 2020 <laughs> during COVID, yeah. right? You're sitting at home and you're like, well, what are we going to do? Rachel and I, we met at work, actually. It's one of those rare instances where a work friend became real life friend. And we started a podcast because we had these great conversations. And the first iteration of the podcast was a no-go. You'll find them on our feed and like the negative numbers. <laughs> <laughs> We're, we got a plan to move those somewhere else. But the first premise of our show was, you know, a first premise. <laughs> yeah but then we evolved and we decided to really narrow in on those rude things that you just aren't allowed to talk about in what is deemed polite society so you're in the elevator with your boss or you're at a fancy dinner party with you know your spouse's parents these are things that you're just not allowed to bring up in regular conversation but they need to be addressed so we and really dig into those ideas get together with a lot of research and and try to figure it out together and that's kind of how we came to be and we're coming up on or no we we have surpassed one year as impolite society and we're having a great time <laughs> Very nice, very nice. Yeah, and those topics can range from the taboos of money to taboos around um, male and female dynamics, but we do also talk a lot about our fun, sexier topics like sex and different sex 
acts, which is actually one of the questions that we've received from you too. Um, and then of course we also have our fun poo and fart style questions. So we really run the gambit. Every, the classics. Everything that you yeah. wanted to know about but you didn't want to put into your browser history, we do that research. We take that hit and we put it into a podcast so you don't have to um, worry about anything obscenely, unseenly popping up when you go to Google something in front of someone. That's right. Like, well, I don't want to talk about this, but it's on the podcast feed, so I've got to listen to it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Has there been anything so far that's been too impolite, something you haven't been able to get into? Mm. Yes. Are you at liberty to say? Uh, I'm going to let Laura answer that one because there is definitely one piece that we don't talk about, but I, it's not a fun, it's not for any, like, because it's so salacious. It's yeah, just yeah. because we're trying not to get canceled. Sure. Okay. So we we did have a topic that we, we recorded an episode, uh, and then at the end we were just like, we don't like it. We're not happy with it. We don't want to release it and it was about um what kind of themed parties were acceptable you know because people get a lot of of hate yeah. right there was uh the thing that prompted it was somebody wrote in and asked about there was a bachelor contestant who was being canceled or like getting a lot of hate for having participated in an antebellum party in her college which I don't expect you two to know that. That's American history, but it's tied to slavery and like plantation mm. life. Civil and, War. Uh, yeah. yeah. So we were we we got that question and we like jumped off of that as like, well, what can we what themes are okay? And, and the answer is end, none. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can definitely have like a Scooby Doo theme, right? That's Scooby Doo theme. That sounds like a great theme party. But no culturally that, related. Yeah, the more even like when you peel back um, around like worrying twenties or things that you would think mm. are decades or totally innocuous, there's people who feel that that is not sensitive or okay either. Mm. So this is where we learned the hard lesson is that we're not a political podcast. We don't have a lot of experience outside of being who we are. So mm. we don't try to speak for anybody else, and we don't try to dig into that. And we just like to stay with the more um, the kind of fun taboos like necrophilia and sex dolls. <laughs> <laughs> Which is yeah. kind of the same almost, right? Very similar. <laughs> you could they're on the same part of the Venn diagram, I'm sure, yeah. I think um, so. Yeah, that, that that that's interesting. That's just something I kind of think about with our podcast. It's called I'm Issue Man with two straight white dudes. But we want to try and, you know, broaden our understanding. We don't just want to, you know, play to that market of people exactly like us. Which is you know, part of the reason why we try and get guests on guests who are very different to us. So uh, that's cool. That's, that's interesting. Are you the sort of people who do talk about this sort of stuff in real life or is it, do you keep it to the podcast? Yes. Oh, definitely. Kind of we two, talk about it. Okay. Yeah. The two things that took us from work colleagues or like work associates to actual real life friends. Um, one was that we loved getting into these big philosophical questions. Um, these big talks, mm. which is a hint at what our original show premise <laughs> was and title was wink wink. And the second thing was 30 Rock. So <laughs> yeah. app, that, that was the topic that we're talking about today. Mm -hmm. And what's been your favorite episode so far? 
I my I think Rachel and I might differ on what our favorite podcast episodes are, but some of my favorites were the sex doll episode. It was so big we had to break it up into two episodes. Digging into the world of modern sex dolls was insane <laughs> and quite a journey. I had a ton of fun with that one. The ghost episode was really fun because Rachel and I, we actually did a Halloween special where we spent the night at a haunted house oh, wow. in St. Louis, Missouri. Cool. And we, we took our podcast on the road for the first time and did it there. And that was really fun. And the research was great and really interesting. And I, I'm not saying this just to kiss up. I just wanted to be clear. The episode that we have coming up about your rude question between Batman and Catwoman is one of our favorites. We're editing it right now. It's going to release really soon. And it's legit one of my favorite episodes. I'm super excited about it. That's awesome. Well, you can thank Dylan for that one because it's his idea. So well, Go, Dylan. It fascinated me. Fascinated me. You came to listen you to it, ladies. You captured a taboo and you wrapped it in a fun package, so I really appreciate that. It definitely made it a fun time. What are your favorite episodes, Rachel? You know, that's a good one. And I think that there's some old old oldies but goodies, right? We talk about BDSM, we talk about periods, we talk about OnlyFans. Um, but really a lot of my favorites come from the more recent things that we've talked about, just because our research has evolved so much and we've gotten so far into it where we're not just, you know, reciting things that we're reading anymore. We're actually doing a little bit of our own synthesizing and, like, putting things and connecting the dots. So a hallmark of our podcast is not just reciting research, but we do a lot of musing or philosophizing. But we do a lot of that, and that is um, gone from being its own segment to kind of just kind of woven in throughout the, um, the piece, right? Because you can't talk about these big topics without trying to break down what they mean. Hmm. And that's something I really do respect about your podcast, which I haven't listened to every episode, listen to a fair few, is that you do take it seriously. You do try and get some research into there. Plenty of podcasts out there, people just sort of shoot from the hip. They just sort of wing it and don't really make much sense when they just start talking. So I really appreciate that you guys put that effort in and think it makes the podcast so much better. Well, thank you. And I have listened to also a fair amount of your episodes. And I had something to contribute to the Peter Principle episode. Oh, yes. Cool. So at the end, you guys were talking about what, uh, you know, what law or principle that you would give uh, mm -hmm. based on your life experience. And I was listening to it and I was like, oh, I uh, just locked in. And it was, if you are going to make the cookies you know you're going to eat all of them. <laughs> I just made a batch this weekend. It's yeah. a snow weekend, and I'm like, I'm going to make a batch of cookies. Maybe I'm not going to eat them all in a you know mm. mad food binge. Nope, you are. It's just like a simple you know, synthesizing of past behavior will indicate future behavior. If the cookies are there, you are going to eat them. So, I mean, same thing, Lonnie, is that we appreciate your podcast and about how you guys, again, take listeners on a journey. That's what I love to do. I love to listen to an episode of a podcast. I like to laugh. I like to feel like I'm a part of something, but at the same time, learn. And that's kind of the same groove that we're in, which is why I was really glad that we could get on your podcast today. Oh, isn't that great? I mean, good people. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> That's good to hear. Good to have it confirmed. Uh, mm -hmm. Now, 
what are your future plans for Impolite Society? Well, we would just really like to keep it going. <laughs> That's kind of where we're setting the bar, right? Um, really managing our expectations and just, if we can hit a second year, I, I mean, we learned so much in year one. I feel like we're just kind of catching our stride. And if we can maintain that, I'm, I'm excited to see what would come of it. Yeah. Grinding. That's our, that's our plan for the future. Grinding. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Tapping yeah. into the network to get to meet more cool folks like you two. Yes. That's, that's the plan, isn't it? Dylan? Everybody. Yeah. That's pretty much us the same for our goals, really, isn't it, Lonnie? We're grinding too. We just want to do it. That, that's that's the main thing for us. Like, if we want to do this to make money or to become the world's best podcaster, we would have no fun. But just doing it and that's the product is the is the thing, you know. So totally. Yeah, yeah. we've spoken a lot, but we haven't spoken about Thirty Rock, which is the main mm-hmm. reason for being today. Um, I thought we could go around the the table and talk about our Thirty Rock story. Dylan, could you go first, please? Yeah, so, like, um, I started watching 30 Rock, I think, probably two years after it finished, I think. Okay. Um, just bought the DVD box set because it was on sale for, like, 40 bucks, big W. So I thought, why not? <laughs> like Alec Baldwin. He's pretty cool. So Alec and... Baldwin was your, was your way in, was he? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, okay. by the way, best character in the show as well. Come on. <laughs> Not even close. There we go. All right. And you've seen the whole show from top to bottom. Yeah, been there probably watched it twice all through over the years. And now that you've had me rewatch these episodes, it might be three times by the end of the year. <laughs> now, Laura and Rachel, you could have had any topic in the whole entire world to choose from today, but you chose Thirty Rock. Clearly, it's an important show in your lives. Um, Laura, how did Thirty Rock begin for you? I, same thing as Dylan, it was after the show was over. A friend of mine uh, just would talk about it and quote it all the time. And I was like, well, clearly I have to watch this because I love you. And if you love it, then I'm going to love it. And I think it was on Netflix or some other streaming Mm. service. And I watched it top to bottom. And I I, I can't even say how many chords it resonated with me. (laughs) It was just constant. Every character has some bit that I can just bond to. I have a hard time narrowing down a favorite character. Alec Baldwin is definitely one of those. Jack Donaghy, or Donaghy, if you prefer, (laughs) is uh, he's amazing. Every single one of them highlights a different area of my personality and just the jokes man they don't stop mm-hmm. i feel like i could watch this these shows dozens of times which again i've had i i've probably watched this series at least five seven times in its entirety because i'm i'm a i fall back on old favorites mm-hmm. oh, you know rather yeah. than doing something new I watch the olds and even then you're never going to get all the jokes because they are a mile a minute. Mm. And I feel like every time I watch, I'm finding some other thing to laugh at. Well, yeah, I found that watching these again is like, yeah, jokes every second. You almost can't laugh at the joke because another one is happening. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Yeah. What about you, Rachel? How do you come into 30 rock? Well, that is a great question. I literally remember the day that I first watched 30 Rock, and I, that sounds insane, but I just have really, I guess I have a good memory for it. It's a pivotal moment. Anyways, what happened was um, 
would been watching The Office, the U.S. version of The Office a ton. Went through a breakup. That was always the show that I watched with that significant other. So I was like, I can't watch it anymore, right? It's dead to me. I lost that part of my life. So I was looking for a new sitcom to replace it. And I actually put on first Parks and Recreation. And that first opening bit they had, I was like, I don't like this. I mean, great show. I definitely warmed up to it eventually. But from that first scene where Amy Poehler's like going through a slide, it was just, it was too cringy, super cringy. So I turned it off. I like exited out. I'm like, that's not for me. And then I was like, 30 Rock, okay, what's this? And if you remember, the opening sequence of the pilot is Tina Fey getting in line, um, and then somebody tries to cut her to buy a hot dog, I guess I should say. She's getting in line to buy a hot dog, mm -hmm. and somebody tries to cut her. Her idea of justice is to then go in and buy all the hot dogs so that nobody <laughs> who tried to cut line would get a hot dog. And from that second, I was hooked. And I have watched 30 Rock, I don't even know how many times, um, probably at least once a year, all the way through. Okay. I, I, it's definitely on the background all the time. I'm definitely that person who falls asleep to shows. So it's the one I go to, I at least land on it for a long stint every year. But that being said, I think I have only ever watched the finale all the way through once. Because also, I'm really bad at endings and closure. So <laughs> I literally watched it. Um, it will pull me from my sleep. If I turn it on and fall asleep, if I hear that, I will never forget you, rural juror, which is the song from it the It makes finale, me cry pull, every time I hear yes, it, the rural juror song. out of my sleep and turn it off and go back to season two. Because I'm like, you're not allowed to end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay, so I love 30 Rock, but I have not met anybody else who really was a fan of it. I Like, I've talked about it. People were like, I don't know. And so that was uh, one of the big things, as I mentioned, when Laura and I were getting to know each other, when it organically came up that she was obsessed with the show, I was like, okay, then you're my people, right? You like the fast <laughs> jokes. You can keep up with it. You're a little off-center, right? Uh, those are all the things that were the hallmarks of 30 Rock. And so when you find somebody who likes it as much as you do, you're like, okay, we get each other. We're, we're on the same page here. Yeah, I really like that. I love that idea of TV as comfort. And it's not just like some some things you watch and you engage with art to challenge yourself or to change your mind, but some things you just put on to as a comfort and safety blanket, and that's the great thing about a sitcom. Um, and but it's also at the same time when it ends, it's, it can be devastating. So yes, at least we can go back these days and easily rewatch things. Um, we've got that there forever. Um, my journey, Thirty Rock. I would have been about um, thirteen when it started. Um, back in the day. I'm not really sure how or why I um, first heard of it, but I I guess it was being hyped up as the next big comedy at that stage in the mid-2000s. And so I watched it and I really liked it, um, which is probably not the most obvious choice for like a 13-year-old in, in Toowoomba in, in regional Queensland to watch this show about the inner workings of a late-night comedy show. a little bit off, yeah. But <laughs> I like it. Yeah, but, uh, you know, that said, it is, you know, very watchable. Um what was nice though is that after that you know that first season I had on DVD, my brother was away for university or college, um, as you guys would say, and he would download the latest seasons and put them on DVD for me and bring them back to watch together. So that's really nice, sweet brotherly moment. Oh, that is nice—a bonding thing. It is. It's a little bit made it a little bit haphazard though because I'd have like half of season two and one DVD and then half of season three and another one. So. <laughs> As the, as the show went on, I sort of sort of got a bit 
petered out for a bit for me. So I probably haven't seen much of the latest seasons, but I've seen like everything in the first few seasons, if you understand that. Um, yeah. But now that you've given me this push, I'm going to have to go back and watch the whole thing from from way to go, I think. So um, it's been great. Last, the last episode, like she said, I, I do. I always cry when Jenna is singing the song about rural jerk <laughs> because the actress – uh, Jane, I don't know quite how to say her name. I always say Krakowski. Does anybody know? Is that yeah, right? I think it is Krakowski, yeah. 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 yeah, but like you can see the emotion mm. on her face, like mm. more so than normal. Like there, there's that thing she's dressed as like Hitler or something <laughs> and is, you know, doing her last scene with Tracy. And you can, I mean, she is red around mm. the eyes and she can sing, which I love mm. that they integrated into jenna's character is just anything drop of the hat she'll start singing and she's singing this song the rural juror which is absolute nonsense but you can just feel the emotion mm. in her as she's singing it and so it's just it's wonderful and then now jack and liz say i love you at the end and mm. it's oh god it's just freaking perfect <laughs> yeah, there might be some people listening to this podcast maybe a few who don't know what Teddy rock is or what it's about <laughs> Um, yeah, you need to watch it. <laughs> yeah, you definitely need to watch it. And stop the podcast, go watch it, come back. <laughs> yeah. Um, Laura, do you want to give us a rundown on the, the premise of 30 Rock? Yeah. I, I The premise is Liz Lemon. She is the primary character. She works as the pr executive producer, writer, showrunner of a live sketch comedy show every week. And she has to wrangle all of her writers, all of her stars to create this show, but also try to navigate her personal life and her very intimate relationship, intimate friend-wise, with her mentor, Jack Donaghy, who is a high-powered executive at GE slash NBC <laughs> slash Shineheart Wig Company to try to become the fully actualized version of herself. And do you, do you see yourself in Liz Lemon at all? I mean, definitely in parts. Liz, I mean, is kind of like the every woman. Mm. Uh, my biggest touch point with Liz is her food obsession. Uh, <laughs> she, <laughs> she is obsessed with food and uh, and just you know, trying to get through every day and not be like some glamorized New York City woman like Sex in the City made us believe. She is a normal person and that's what just sucks you in with all of her flaws and all of her attributes that are beneficial. You know, she's a workaholic and all the, well, that's the part I can't relate to. I'm not a workaholic. <laughs> I can give a shit about work. I'm also not a rule follower. So that's part that I like, I can't, mm. Thing, but it just like her like I'm I'm ugly sometimes and I I totally embrace it and I'm a slob sometimes and I embrace it I love to hog out on my night cheese you know <laughs> and th those are the things that you can just glom mm. onto with Liz I know Rachel has a lot more relation to Liz than I do well if we were going to assign characters which would be fun to go around the the horn here and say you know who who would we be on 30 rock 
out of our us two here, I'm definitely the Liz of uh, impolite society because <laughs> I'm the one kind of what well, it start. It's it's definitely evened out. But I in the early days, I was the one running around figuring out how to make it happen and you know putting out the fires behind the scenes. But um, that's just the person I am in, in general, and I definitely do relate to her, especially again with the food piece as well because I also will go hard on some night cheese. <laughs> um, that is very interesting. I, I remember thinking that Tina Fey um, in Asla's Lemon was kind of one of the first women I've seen on TV who wasn't that glamorous, um, sexy woman. She was kind of almost aggressively a slob, and that, that made her more more endearing, to really. Um, and I watched episodes. So I watched the episodes we watched for this show, but I've kept watching some more. But there's the one where she um, comes to work with the mustache that she hasn't waxed for Tom a few Selleck. days. Yeah, Tom. Oh, she brings Tom to the office. Um, and as you said, you know, all the stuff with her food obsession. And then she's very awkward with around Jack. It's in those early seasons, especially where he doesn't really understand who or what she is because she's so different. And I think that was just a, a great. Um, new role model for women. Yes. I don't think she's necessarily like you're supposed to do or think that she, everything Liz Lemon does is right and correct, but at least it's a different model to have out there in the world. Um, if we talk about really? our podcast characters matching up, Dylan, I think you might be Tracy. <laughs> Agreed. I'm a bit of a prankster. <laughs> oh, wow. So, okay, we got a Liz and we got a Tracy. Dylan, I, don't, I can't describe myself. Who do you think I am? Oh man! I mean, some days you Jack, some days you Kenneth. It's a it's a coin <laughs> flip, mate. I was Kenneth vibe. No yeah. offense. Uh, I mean, my offense. Kenneth is amazing. I, I, I do love Kenneth. He's yeah. a sweet, innocent well, do you boy. Have a water yeah. bug on your channel changer. That's the real question. <laughs> <laughs> a water bug. <laughs> I mean, oh, that's a humble brag joke. Uh, there was a scene where Jenna is trying to teach Kenneth how to humble brag, and she's like. No, it's where you work something fabulous about yourself into everyday conversation. And she says, I can't listen to American Idol because I have perfect pitch. And then he's like, oh, I don't know how to do that. And he takes a stab at it and he goes, I can't watch American Idol because there's a water bug on my channel changer. <laughs> uh, I think that's, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take that as a compliment because Kenneth is pretty amazing. So. I am definitely, I mean, if, I, I love Liz, but I am a Jenna at heart, which is absolutely kind of insane on the inside, needs so much validation and love and just like, look at me, everybody. Like, I, I don't like that part of my personality, but mm. I can't deny the clear parallels between myself and Jenna. I mean, at least you can, you can admit it. Jenna probably wouldn't be able to, to admit it or realize that it's a bad thing. So Exactly. <laughs> Self-awareness. It spans, right? So we have our characters that we are. What character do you want to be? Or what character is your, your icon or do you strive to be like? And I will just say, I was trying to be Avery Jessup for many years of my life. Where the point where I, was, <laughs> I would tell people, flat shoes are for quitters. <laughs> One of her best quotes. I mean, you want to be Jack in his best qualities, wouldn't you? Yeah, Jack yeah. is Great, amazing. Man. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things that I love about Jack. You know, obviously he's not a perfect person, but his just 
the ultimate masculine qualities that he takes to the end are just they're <laughs> fun you know to listen to and his insanity how he's perfectly cool and calm and collected and every every scenario it, yeah, you just can't help but aspire to him Maybe parts of him that you hate but you're just like yes of course that's what i want to be I want to be on the the cover of Meetings magazine. It's just what you want to do with your life. You can't help. And it's officially after five here in our life. So we actually have to go put on our tuxedos because we're not. Yeah. We have to to go do that. We'll be right back. So rich. And isn't that Uh, what we all want to be is just freaking rich. (laughs) Heart of gold underneath it all though. So that's, I guess he's the most redeeming quality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so obviously, Tina Fey based this on her experience working on SNL. Um, do you watch SNL? Is that a big thing in your lives? It used to be for me. Uh, yeah. I, I used to watch a lot of it in the the mid to late 90s and maybe even a little bit in the early 2000s. And now it's, it's not that I have anything against it. You know, it's just that I just aren't I'm I tend to get the bigger sketches that go kind of viral mm. on YouTube and social media. Um, but a lot of people criticize that's not it's not funny anymore. I was like, yes, it is. It's just the same way that it always was. The, the mass of the show, you're going to get one to two sketches every episode that make you laugh out loud. And that's how it's always been. When you produce a live show every week, not mm. all of them hit, but the ones that do really tickle your funny boonies funny bone and stick with you what about you guys are you guys snl watchers um well it's easier to get access to it now these days but previously wouldn't it was kind of hard to ever watch it down here yeah Yeah. you have to have premium cable or something so no i've never watched it that's just expensive no thank you (laughs) yes and the the whole thing of watching it on a saturday night would obviously not be a thing here (laughs) (laughs) i guess i probably respect it more as an institution and um you know, breeding ground for new comedians and yeah. actors. True. Less than watching it all the time to get the latest jokes because, yeah, it's not particularly. You know, the, the brand of humor isn't isn't particularly my sort of thing. But that's because it's a weekly show that you, they write during the week and broadcast live. Like it's a kind of a different kettle of fish than other sitcoms and things. So, mm-hmm. Dylan, has it has it got a strong place in your heart? No, no, I never watched it really. Um, that being said, I did like the SNL type episode they do in 30 rock i thought that was a fun episode mm. the live show yeah yeah for sure mm. yeah that's cool. fun like fun little experimental episodes like that in tv shows may as well right if you gotta you're around for seven years you gotta try and push the boundaries exactly so am i thinking of 30 rock looking back at over over you know it's been off the air for about eight years or so now i feel like it was very successful and popular with certain people <laughs> and it never really, I guess it didn't broad, broadly get that appeal. And I think these days it might be a little bit forgotten. Um, and that's just in comparison to other shows like you know, Friends, Seinfeld, The Office. Yeah, they are yeah. still massively popular and talked about, I would think. I think 30 Rock has that strong devoted fan base, which I guess we're all part of. But in a broader sense, maybe not so much. What, what are your thoughts on that, Rachel and or Laura? Yeah, and it's really interesting because uh, in Tina Fey's book, Bossy Pants, she kind of talks about the role that 30 Rock ended up playing, right, where it became 
an indie darling. And that was not what they intended to make it, right? It was never the Friends or the Seinfeld of it of its time. She um, And she will say that it, that was an accident, right? They were trying to make a Friends or a Cheers mm. or a Family Matters. And it just constantly, they could not create, um, they could not create that, right? Uh, I think she compared the show to, if you've seen Black Tie, um, which is an episode in season one, where they go to this party that's thrown by this Austrian prince, and he one of my favorite episodes. (laughs) Yeah, a severely inbred, just like fragile, weird little guy, and she's like, "That's played by Paul Rubin, beautifully, by the way." Yes, yeah. So that's what she compared it to, and she even says in a quote, "Like you know how people were trying to make." blood pressure medicine and they accidentally created viagra right Mm -hmm. and she said we were trying to make viagra and we accidentally created blood pressure medicine (laughs) so that that was kind of her stance on it too so it makes sense that it would not have um it wouldn't have stand the test of time from the popularity standpoint but i will say in watching it again today and you know preparing for this episode it still got it it's not like cringy when it comes to kind of sensitivity topics which even some shows that are more popular, you watch them again, you're like, ooh, that joke wouldn't have worked mm. today. It still succeeds there. And I will say I watched it with my husband this afternoon, and he had laugh-out-loud moments, and he's notorious for saying it's not his favorite show. But just mm-hmm. having it on in the same room with him, he was literally laughing out loud. So I think, you know, it might not have the breadth or the kind of notoriety of, like, the office Seinfeld friends, it's the comedy is still there. And if you liked it when it originally came out, you're still going to like it today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70 percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Well, that was my next question. I guess, Laura, you can take this one. Does it hold up? Absolutely. Like Rachel said, you know, there are, there are shows that you watch years later and you're like, that wouldn't fly now. And it's one of those ones that they just don't have that problem because everything is covered in this aura of absolute ridiculousness. So you will never take any of it seriously. And and there are a fair amount of shows that are old that still do Hold up like Seinfeld and rewatched Seinfeld recently and I was kind of preparing for some cringy moments and there really there were none because when you look at it from a really you know nuts and bolts like what are you feeling right now what are the 
what are the struggles the characters are going through that they're always just freaking hilarious and <laughs> they don't have that problem and 30 rock is certainly amongst those and i think that you're absolutely right rachel it's like it's not this mass appeal thing like friends it's just such a specific kind of person i feel like that number one enjoys ridiculous humor because everything is just so oddball and so funny and two that somebody who watches a show not for like how i should be but how i am because every character is so flawed and so just human in the most ridiculous way and you can relate to every single one of them and that's why i love it so much yeah it does have a lot of heart doesn't it yeah it sure does Mm. and like the story behind it is fascinating too because you know tina fey was writing that it was writing 30 rock and filming it and you know they're filming for 14 hours a day they're coming back and writing more episodes until two in the morning she had a under one-year-old that she was also taking care of at the same time it's just oh, fascinating, God. and so the the whole the whole show is hard, right? And that's all that's all it had going for it, you know. That and Alec Baldwin and Tracy <laughs> Morgan, those are like the two kind of things that got it picked up and kept it picked up in its mm. early days when it was finding its voice. Um, but it is, uh, yeah, a lot of heart behind it. And while we we're going to list the positive qualities of Thirty Rock fans, as Laura was doing, I will say that, and you two like the show, so I feel like you might not be as big of fans as Laura and I. But I can I can extend this to you as well. People who like Thirty Rock, I think, are a little bit quicker, maybe a little bit more uh, intelligent because you are getting jokes thrown at you so quick, and every twenty minute episode has like three storylines that you're supposed to follow. And um, and again, in her book, Tina Fey was like, "We tried to slow it down. We tried to like make it more <laughs> massive here." But she's like, every time we did, it just spiled off in some kooky spin again. So all, in addition to all those things that Laura mentioned of what makes 30 Rock people good people, I will say that they're also pretty smart. I'm sorry if your listeners aren't 30 Rock fans. <laughs> well, there's one way to get smarter is to watch 30 Rock. So. <laughs> exactly. You can slow it down, I'm sure. Dylan, how's it holding up in your rewatch recently? Yeah, agreed, hundred percent. It's all still good. Um, yeah, it doesn't have any of those old jokes that don't flow. Like Friends, for example, there's a lot of gay jokes in there that you're like, mm, not today. But no, nah, Thirty Rock is solid, solid. Solid as the day it aired. <laughs> there you go. I think even when there are um, some jokes, like I was reading, I didn't realize this, but there was some blackface that has been removed from some of these episodes and again i think they're good intentions but in in today's world you would not have that that's like something that has changed but um i think for the most part even when they're touching like taboo topics like you guys do they were doing it with the right intentions in the right way so for the most part they got it right in 30 rock dylan we watched three episodes suggested by our guests can you give us a quick rundown on them all yeah, sure. So um, one of them, uh, Tracy's going for an EGOT, I believe, is one of them. <laughs> That'd be deal breakers, yes. Tracy yeah. realises he wants a daughter and also an EGOT. Great cool. stuff. Um, another episode was Succession from Season 2. 
This is, I, I've forgotten this. I don't know how I'd forgotten this, but all this back and forth between um, Jack and Will Arnett's character. Um, he he yes. sticks around for a long time, doesn't he? He comes in and out throughout <laughs> the seasons. Yes. Always a delight when he shows up. And he's kind of like the like, <laughs> evil twin version of, of Jack, isn't he? The gay evil twin version <laughs> of Jack, which is just LA hilarious version. with, yeah, all the innuendos and it's amazing. We've also got uh, Jackie Jomp Jomp, which is <laughs> notable in a few ways. That is the Janis Joplin uh, movie that gets talked about for a fair bit. Um, not, I guess biopic slash knockoff biopic <laughs> that Jenna is in. Um, but also that's when Liz is on sexual harassment leave um, and realises that maybe she likes not being at work in a very stressful environment. Gets into the fight club accidentally. <laughs> okay. And this was one of the things that I wanted to bring up on this this podcast today. Has anybody else other than me been like, maybe a fight club would be cool? <laughs> Am I the only one <laughs> that have thought that before? I was like, I mean, I don't know. I would... I wouldn't say no to trying it one time. Let's see what happens. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, I'm the only one. I'll, I'll okay. give anything a go once. So, you yeah. know, <laughs> see how we go. Oh, yeah. In this case, they were doing it to fight, you know, brain decay, essentially. Like not working and just leave, living a life of leisure. So I would definitely suggest starting a podcast instead of joining a fight club. <laughs> Was your urge to join a fight club, or I guess both of you, was that before you started a podcast or after? Because I guess, that, I mean, I don't have any energy for fighting after doing this on top of work. That's <laughs> <laughs> true, yeah. The urge has I... definitely subsided nowadays. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I read fight club when it first came out it was like a oh. central figure in my my 20s fight club because i get it man it's just we live such cushy lives and you know how do you how do you explore those animal instincts or those outlets for your inherent rage i guess is, is what i was uh appealed to maybe i was i mean maybe definitely i was a very angry teenager so maybe that's what it was that appealed to me so you know if in your you know in your late 30s and you're trying to get back to work and these women around you are like you gotta fight your way out i'm like all right let's see what i got let's go for it i mean it hasn't happened to me yet but i, I do get that idea of yeah you're living in a yeah cushy job you don't ever go outside you can just sort of want to break out but i don't think i'd go to fight club as my first option i mean yeah but if it was appeal if it was given to you on a silver platter i mean i mean you I have to remember that these two are in australia they are fighting to live every day <laughs> from all of the myriad of forces in australia that are trying to kill them at any given moment i have uh, well, i just was going to come up at some point talking to you too but there's that what's that giant spider the giant spider i know the huntsman no yes. probably the huntsman, huntsman? do you, do you yeah. see those in your day-to-day -day life uh, at least once oh yeah. yeah definitely more than once heaps um i just house. saw like a, a redback spider the other day and you know it can kill you if it bites you, but you get used to it. You just swish it and move on. Oh, <laughs> so this is why they don't need a fight club, Lauren. Like, we don't need to kill us. 
Well, Dylan actually lives in the bush. Well, not in the bush, but does live in yeah, a city. Kind of. Yeah, kind of yeah. in the bush, don't you? You've got a bit of a paddock and animals around. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fine. Yeah. I live in the city, so my, my worst thing is cockroaches that come inside and things like that. But uh, are they as big as they say? They they and they they fly sometimes too. So yeah. Yeah. That definitely that definitely tracks to the uh, the southeast of the U.S. So that's okay, there you go. Fair comparison yeah. again. And I guess growing up, we did have the occasional snake and things in the backyard. Oh yeah. So uh, brown snakes all the mm. time. Yeah. Yeah. Scary stuff. Our lives are cush, Laura. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what it is. That's the difference. Now, did you have specific notes on each episode? I've got a few here. If you want to go through them. I did. I I did. I took some specific notes here. So I started, yeah, I I watched some of the particular episodes in order, Mm -hmm. looking at succession. Mm -hmm. And I, again, just getting to the Jack stuff about how he is that hyper masculinity, that hyper like executive the thing where he's, you know, cries when they tell him he's one, he's gotten the CEO job. <laughs> it was like, you get one cry in life if you've chosen well. And it's this, all these things that I aspire to in myself. is like, I want to be as cold as Jack is. It's just absolutely it's just all the things that I want to be. I, I love that. Um, yeah. Jack is kind of the ideal of, a nice capitalist, so you know, mm-hmm. all good for that. The um, other plotline of the episode, though, that I'd totally forgotten, but it came back to me in a very nice way, is Tracy trying to design the porn video game. Yes, and that's notable for me because it was the first time as a kid I'd ever heard of the Uncanny Valley. Um, oh. And I made a note of that too. Yeah. I was like, "Is that a real thing?" And then when I looked it up, oh, yeah. whoa, oh, yeah. it is a real thing. Yeah, yeah for sure. And the way he described it through Star Wars is, is very funny and clever. Yes. <laughs> yes, the perfect execution. And then here's another thing. Do you know what they're referencing? The movie? It's a very like obscure like 80s movie that they're heavily referencing throughout that episode. And it comes up frequently. Yeah, it's Am- Amadeus, Amadeus, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. I guess it's not as obscure as I thought. I've but never seen like- the movie, but I'm familiar with the concepts in, <laughs> in it. Uh, Dylan, are you across Armadeus? No, I haven't even heard of it. Yeah, well, I've seen Armadeus, but I'm a bit, I've gone to film school, so that's how I've come across it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Yes. It makes sense why these people who work in show business would also heavily, like, want to reference it because it it is kind of like a film school type movie, Mm. at least in my perspective. Yeah. That's kind of the best part. And a lot of the music from that episode is taken from my days, I'm pretty sure. So yeah. that's why it's a bit different. It also really fits because of the whole of Jack's storyline being quite serious and, yeah, mock serious, I suppose. Yeah. And my favorite line in that, that whole episode succession is all about Liz and being business drunk. Yeah. She's like, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm a little drunk. He's like, no, it's business drunk. It's the same as being rich drunk. Either way, it's totally legal. And then with her saying, I can't return this suit because I got business sick all over it when I got home. And again, just super relatable corporate America. Who hasn't gone to a happy hour and gotten way too drunk? And you're like, oh, shit. And I don't know what you two do for a living, but Laura and I both work in kind of like a corporate setting. And so like, that's not only just people go to these happy hours and get 
business drunk, but that's actually like where they do business at times and where like all this stuff happens and it just was very on the nose and something that comes up in our day-to-day lives. Like we reference that a lot. And in Deal Breakers, that also gave me a lot of one-liners that I use, and nobody around me knows what I'm referencing. <laughs> um, my, specifically from um, the, when she's doing the opening titles for Deal Breakers, and uh, she's like, do, she's acting so awkward. I, I will shout out all the time and be like, you remember waving, right? Like, <laughs> wave like human. a human. And then, she's going arms. Yeah. Basketball? <laughs> oh my god that is the, the highlight of the show for me is her doing that opening sequence uh, and that the is really good. she walks in and he's like oh did you get a haircut and liz says no i got three but the first two made me look ridiculous <laughs> meanwhile she's got like the bangs at an angle and weird kind of oh my gosh that's the highlight the highlight Top episode. the deal breakers episode too when you know like there's continual your hair Mm. It's fine. And you know what it made me think of? It made me think of the O.J. Simpson trial and Marsha Clark. I don't know. You, Dylan and I mean, everybody in this call is younger than I am. But um, Marsha Clark was the, the prosecutor. And there's this whole drama around her hair mm. when she because she got into the public spotlight and everyone's like, what's wrong with her hair? And then she changed it to something totally insane and totally worse in effort to make it better. And it was just like, <laughs> this is what happens to normal people when they get mm. under the spotlight. You go crazy. <laughs> Send all the pizzas in here for all the hostages. All the hungry people. When, when she locks herself in there. Yeah, the two Liz's. Oh, great stuff. Oh, yeah. There's, see, that. that's... I think some sitcoms would kill to have one of those jokes that you just mentioned that mm. just come, you know, fire one after another in that episode. Um, Dylan, do you have any, any thoughts on being business drunk? Does that happen in your workplace? <laughs> no, I'm kind of semi-corporate is my job, so we really only go out at like Christmas lunch and stuff like that. Unless you're specifically well, actually, in a committee. Yeah. I I did. I was listening to some episodes and I know that Rachel and Dylan have something in common. Because they have both worked for Ray Kroc. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was no business drinking going on. Oh, McDonald's. no, definitely. Only after work. Because you don't want to do it the next day. Well, yeah, I'm sure there were some people who were coming in with like business high, uh, but it's <laughs> just because it's a very monotonous job, and you got to get through the day somehow, you know. Yeah. Ugh, it was awful. How was your experience? Yeah, terrible. Pretty much the same. Yeah. Got like fifty percent off food though, so. <laughs> that was good. I the the golden arch discount or whatever. I ate a lot of McDonald's that summer. Um, but do you walk into a McDonald's and hear like the chimes of the systems and just like flashback your back? Oh yeah, places? the smell. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but I still just oil. I'm not lie. I still do love some nuggets. Oh yeah, chicken nuggies. Can I get past if I can, yeah. If I can do an aside, I want to ask, what is your regional McDonald's like specialty? Right, like every space in the in the world has a different. McDonald's dish, so to say. Um, oh no, you obviously have quarter pounders, yeah, Big Macs. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe like the Aussie Angus one that's got like beetroot and egg and. Ooh, that's different. We don't have that. Like no. beef salad, yeah. We actually have a very specific burger that gets done here in Brisbane, where I live. If our local football team scores more than nineteen points. <laughs> 
you go the next day to Macca's with McDonald's, you get a Broncos burger. If you remember, it's a Broncos I think. burger. I think it's just a regular. I think it might be a little bit different. I'm not sure what's on it, but it's sort of dependent on the, on the football team doing well, which they haven't done well the last couple of years. So there haven't been many Broncos burgers <laughs> being sold. <laughs> so, okay, just for my reference, describe to me the sport of football and as it is where you are. So you'd be familiar with rugby. It's it's okay. rugby league, so it's a type of rugby, basically. Perfect. That's what I we play. It wasn't wasn't like a English football when you said 19 because they never get that. <laughs> so I was like, it can't be a, a American soccer comparison. It has to be something else. <laughs> no, it, it's it's rugby league. They, it's a bit like your gridiron, but they don't have pads or helmets. They just go out and yeah, yeah get whacked around like that. Yeah. Yeah. There's that, and then we have uh, Australian rules as well, which is Ooh. pretty much just just passing and kicking really yeah you might have seen them they, they wear the like the short sleeved or no sleeved um jerseys and short shorts yeah. and they play that more in Ooh, short in, shorts yeah yeah they, they play that more in the in the yeah. southern states and western yeah. states of australia yeah mm. there you go look, okay, look at us our, our cultural exchange is working well isn't it i love it i love it <laughs> Um, anything else you want to say about Succession, the episode? <laughs> I mean, just in general, mm. Banks is the best side character, right? Yeah. Like, I'm it's not wrong. Be. Yeah. Devin cool. is amazing. Yeah. 100%. Every and episode is in. Contender for best episode of the series. 100% agree. <laughs> and then one of the things I noticed, because, you know, the the episodes that we watch kind of like span different seasons of how Jack's hair migrates. <laughs> like sometimes it's dark brown and yeah. then it gets kind of salt and pepper and then goes back to dark brown and then gets like salt and peppery and then just continually. I think that that was a, a fun uh, fun thing and again just speaks to the masculinity of Jack how it's like no we gotta uh, go back to it and again it, just to Liz and Jack's friendship is that was another thing that I think was different about 30 Rock because there's always this will they won't they between a male yeah. and female character and the fact that Jack and Liz like they address it so early in this in the series uh, like season two where they're like no that's not what they're <laughs> yeah. about. It's clearly he constantly refers to her as a lesbian. Like <laughs> just, there's just there is no chemistry there. Is they're just friends, which is something that you don't see often on television, mm -hmm. which I love. And Tina Fey, Great. I think she talks about it in Bossy Pants, the book about how when she started this show, she's like, I didn't want to create a show where I had to be cute and thin, mm. where I would have you know, episodes where I was just in my bra. So I made Liz hate sex, so I would <laughs> never have to do that. And that was a lot of the things that people globbed onto. Again, not within the common mm. area of sitcom characters, not this like free woman who wants to have sex with everybody and everything. It was like, no, I hate sex. I just want to you know, make out and then talk about reality tv <laughs> like that's it's just yeah. so relatable her idea of great sex is fast and only on saturdays <laughs> yeah it's funny you mentioned that it's funny you mentioned your episode about sex dolls because i've been continuing watching a bit of season four and james franco turns up and <laughs> That's a little bit strange watching that given, you know, the later <laughs> stories about him, but also the fact that he's got a sex doll with him is kind of 
Yes, yeah, really puts a his sex pillow. Sex pillow, sorry. <laughs> the um, yeah, the sexual perversion was sort of brought to the fore there for his character. Totally, very meta. And then they have a threesome <laughs> with Liz. I guess that was one of her. You know, it's a Saturday for her. I guess. Yeah, must have been. Yeah. <laughs> home, James Franco and his his love pillow. <laughs> Um, I guess to talk about uh, Jackie Jomp Jomp for a bit. Um, now it's it's very funny that that character, as I recall, comes back a few times. The um, HR representative, Wiener Slave. Yeah, Wiener Slave. Wiener Slave. No, no, no. It's Wiener Slave. <laughs> I love that, and just shows. I don't know what you guys think about HR, but. Yes, my my experiences are not the most um, satisfying. So it's good to see them get a bit of a bit of a um, skewering on on TV. And did anybody see in the episode at the end of the the episode where she puts the certificate on her door and it says Liz Lemon, Liz Lemon, former or is no longer a workplace sex criminal. <laughs> Yes. Again, these kind of jokes, like you you can't blink for a second. They're yeah. just either even behind the scenes. You just have to look at them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there's always something. And there's stuff in there. And again, I've watched it once a year for like, I don't know, over a decade now. And I'm, there's stuff I'm still missing. Because I caught that today because I was watching it more intently than I normally mm. do. Uh, but yeah, I'm a sex criminal. <laughs> that was good stuff. That's also funny. It's the idea that. Yeah, if you are a real sexual harasser in your workplace, you can just have a two-week break and attend a few sessions and then all of a sudden you're okay again. Like, yeah, there's, there's layers upon layers on these jokes. Um, you mentioned, Dylan, that I'm like Kenneth. Would I be like Kenneth when I see that my crush is with someone else and I would say straight away, I'm sorry, I cannot attend your wedding? <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. You'd definitely be thinking it for sure as well. <laughs> Yeah. It's probably my funniest, the funniest line for me of these episodes is is poor Ken. I think Kenneth is my favorite, actually. <laughs> um, poor guy. I lo- there was there was something in that episode. I didn't write it down. Oh, the how he was trying to guess the card, and it was like Ace of Diamonds or Eight of Diamonds, mm. and they're like, nope, not it. And there's <laughs> continually this reference to him being some like higher being, yeah, of uh, being you know like a hundred years old. And there's a couple Lost references mixed in there as well. I don't know if you guys were Lost viewers. Oh, yeah. um, I wasn't. Dylan was. I think. Time. Big time. Yeah, yeah, and he makes a couple of references to Lust. He's like, Jacob, you will not take him. And <laughs> oh, just... yeah. I always wondered where that came from. Yeah, I just it's assumed Lost. it was like a weird religious thing. Huh. I thought it was too at first, but then I was re-watching Lost and like re-watching with a friend and we like text about it and she's like, oh my God, this is totally... And I'm like, oh, oh the yeah. same friend who introduced me to 30 Rock. We were watching it together and yeah, so many Lost references buried in there. And so you caught that that was that he did get the card right, right? That he was did. Eight of Diamonds, and I had not noticed mm-hmm. that ever. I like I just never even registered that that was a thing that was happening, like a bit. I had just assumed they were just being goofy, and then because it's not in focus, the Eight of Diamonds mm-hmm. isn't yeah. in focus. It's fuzzy, and you have to really pay attention to see that he got that right. And it's just like you could probably write a thesis on this stuff. Yeah, I'm sure there thing. should be a college class somewhere about Thirty Rock. <laughs> Yeah, it's all that extra effort that you wouldn't necessarily need to have for a sitcom, but they, they put it in yes. there for us to, to watch and rewatch. That's, that's so great. Um, we should talk more about Jenna 
because I love mm-hmm. Jenna. I watched a few episodes of the first season and I happened to catch the one where she talks about um, her sexuality, the way she says it. <laughs> it always gets me. Um, but this one, her movie is being released, but it's not going to get a good run. And so the, the opportunity falls in her lap to say that she's dead. And again, this is you know a joke about her character, but also a joke on how Oscars ceremonies and they always tend to, if you've got that sort of tragic storyline, that that can help your chances. Um, obviously, Jenna is, is too, uh, she can't resist, resist the spotlight long enough to fulfill that, that storyline for herself and has to reveal herself. Um, what do you think of that one, Dylan? Do you, do you like Jenna as a character? Yeah, she's probably my least favourite of the main cast, but she's still, I don't know, still hilarious. They all are. Why do you say least favourite, Dylan? Explain yourself. Oh, I just I just think everyone <laughs> is funnier than she is, but she's still funny. Okay, all right. There's no bad apples, Lonnie. <laughs> just not as ripe ones. <laughs> What's your take on on Jenna Laura in that episode, especially? Like I said, she's one of my favorite characters because it's just the inner portion of myself that I see coming <laughs> out. And in that episode, she can't resist the spotlight because it's got her real birth date on like her mm, death yeah. memoriam. She's supposed to be <laughs> pretending that she's dead, but it's got her real birth date. And she, she runs up there and she grabs a microphone and she's like, sorry, it's worth it, Jack. And then she starts <laughs> <laughs> and she's standing in front of the year in yeah. front of the date yeah again another thing i just thought she couldn't resist the spotlight but then they pan again and she's like literally crouched down to block the date mm. of her birth like the birth year on it and because she can't admit that she's 40 she's like i'm 32 yeah. and i'm loving it <laughs> <laughs> and a really good a part of that storyline too is she gets accidentally said is dead they actually cite her as dead as like the teen or the kids choice awards nickelodeon that has a whole a bunch of funny things that happen there where they slime <laughs> helen mirror like, it's just hilarious but um after they come back jack brings her back to her dressing room with like a uh, his coat over her head and he sits her down on the couch and he's like jenna this is great this is amazing i want to tupac you and she and the best throwaway throwaway line of the episode she's like okay but i have to pee first and it was just like <laughs> one of these Every once in a while, they just do these throwout lines, and then it just oh, they're so great. And that was the standout for that episode. Yeah, this is a something I heard about. I don't know if you have watched Community, but I really like that mm-hmm. sitcom. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they they talked about on their show. They they put so much effort in. They the writers were there forever, and it was a big effort to make that show, even though it wasn't very successful, like Thirty Rock. Um, but they, they used to joke about Glee. They're like, everyone at Glee goes home at 5 o'clock. They don't put much effort in. Like, they just they write their scripts and go home. But I don't think I you get that. It. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It, it does. It comes out. And same thing in community. It's just the jokes just mm. layer on top of one another. And again, that level of ridiculousness, the same thing. One of my favorite, all, all of my favorite episodes of community are always the paintball episodes mm. that are just absolutely ridiculous and so fun because you know it's reality is boring let's accelerate this a thousand percent and go to something hmm. above and beyond you need that escape <laughs> don't you yeah yeah see in community that didn't play to me something about 30 rock being in show business being around these elites like it made sense that they kind of got crazier and crazier but oh my gosh like compare community to a fever dream because you start as like this little show about a community group a study group and then all of a sudden 
it's insanity. And I just like, I, I can't keep up with it. And I'm just like, what is There's happening? zombies, all yeah, kinds of crazy shit too, going on. And again, because I, I watch it when I'm going to sleep. So I, because I think it's just like a easy breezy sitcom. And then I wake up and there's like this whole zombie narrative. <laughs> okay, we can do community next time. I think that, that'd be great. We've spoken about it before on our show a few times. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Christmas episode. You loved it, mate. I did. Can't get enough of it. Um, so now, deal breakers. Can you remind me? I haven't watched, obviously, I haven't watched this in long enough ago, but there's a scene where Liz makes a joke about no, that's a deal breaker, that's the whole thing. Is there one when she talks about wearing shorts to work after you're 30 or something like that, being a deal breaker? I've got this in my memory bank somehow. Oh, I, I I don't remember it from that episode, but I don't doubt that it's something that she says because she says a is, lot of really harsh yeah. deal breakers. The one that I'm thinking, the one that I'm thinking you're thinking of is mm. if your boyfriend or if he still wears a name tag to work after oh, thirty. Oh, name a tag. Breaker. Okay. And the bookstore guy rips the head off her cutout. <laughs> yeah. Cutout because he's like points at his name tag. Right. Okay. Starts punching her. For some reason in my head, it was wearing shorts to work. And the other day, I wore shorts to work. So it was in my mind. I think if you're wearing shorts to work, you're living the dream, right? Anything yeah. better Especially in Australia in the summer. Well, it was just so hot. And because we've, we've got a more recent COVID wave here that not many people are on campus where I work. So I was able to do that without much, you know, pushback. And then my bosses, my, both my bosses were also wearing shorts. So I was trying to make the joke, but then I couldn't find the line. So... I didn't want to push it, but yeah. Um, deal breakers. So this is Liz getting her own TV show. And this is kind of, it's a thing that happens a little bit throughout the series is that Liz isn't quite satisfied with her life and her job being behind the scenes and she's trying to make it sort of on, on screen. Um, I don't know if it gets too much play after this, but there is that hint of jealousy because, you know, she was in the past a performer as well as a writer. Um and I guess it's the whole idea of a sitcom is that you always revert back to the norm. So you can't really have 30 Rock if Liz has got her own TV show. And so, of course, it's got to fail. But it is still sad to see her not fulfill her dreams for me. No, I, I agree with that. Because, yeah, her and Jenna used to perform together. And then Jenna became the spotlight. She became the background person hmm. and i mean it's always goes to like who's best suited for what like you might have an ability to do the other but what are you best suited to hmm. do and she's definitely best suited to be behind the scenes but but also proves that how she can't take it you know about how she cracks so easily under pressure and and i mean i again find that so relatable and another thing that i wanted to bring up about deal breakers was Pete. Pete is one of my favorite characters as well. <laughs> he is the producer that's constantly, he just like, I hate my life. <laughs> married with children about how he's always trying to escape. There's that line about him and like, nobody knows you stole the candy bar. He's trying to, <laughs> and it, it's just, I love Pete. He's so funny. I love Pete too, and I probably see a bit of myself and Pete at times. So who doesn't? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have any strong thoughts about deal breakers, Rachel? You want to get your chest? Well, just jumping into that that storyline of Liz trying to break out of uh, TDS, which is the show that she works on, 
the girly show is what it stood for before, but then they bring in this uh, comedian, Tracy Jordan, played by Tracy Morgan. So then it becomes TGF with Tracy Jordan. Uh, he gets a top billing, which is also a lot of fun with Jenna. But I think it also hits home on the point, something that maybe we can't relate to as much, but like that is part of show business and also kind of mirrors 30 Rock's performance too, where over the course of the show, TGS was always just kind of hanging in. It was never succeeding. It was never, you know, a hit. It was always like almost about to be canceled. Mm. So there's like that push that Jack is giving Liz and then Jenna does it at some point. And they all talk about their plan B's for after it falls apart. And so that's why, like, uh, that's why Liz was, you know, trying to get, she's got the book deal. She's got, she's trying to find her next step a lot of the time. Um, and then Jack takes, there's like a, a fun episode where Jack and Liz are negotiating over the deal breakers show. And she tries to go out and like shop other networks and he brings in other women to replace her. And it's just, yeah, it's just kind of that, that grind you have in the show business entertainment world where like, you never really know how long you're going to be around. Mm. And so she's always trying to find that next thing and you know, make as much as she can, you know, strike while the, the iron is hot and, Unfortunately, Deal Breakers, the TV show, was not her hot iron. <laughs> Almost could have been if she had a proper haircut, though, maybe. maybe. <laughs> and knew how to wave. In her own way. And that's, you know, the common theme of Liz, right? Mm. Which, again, is the relatable piece. She got in her own way with Deal Breakers. So many of her relationships are her preventing herself from getting what she wants. Like when Floyd wanted her to move to Cleveland, she couldn't do it. Her and... Um, Oh, the, the the character, the pilot. What is his name? Matt Damon. Matt yeah, Damon, it's Matt yeah. Damon. Uh, he has a girl's name. Carol. 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 Oh, yes. So, that's like, right. they yeah. were two alike, and she couldn't get over that. And she's, like, she's constantly blocking herself or, you know, setting herself up for it. And yeah, that's just another piece of uh, that makes her such a relatable character. Hmm. Dylan, what are your thoughts on Jill Breakers? Yeah, I mean, pretty much all we've touched on. I do love at the end she does get a little bit of fame because she's on in the background of other tv shows <laughs> and she's perfectly happy with that she's very satisfied so i love that Do you love i mean that? i know i'd be thrilled if i were just on the background <laughs> of a daytime soap opera i'd be like that's me that's me yeah. <laughs> and exactly. i don't know if anybody noticed in that scene it looked like she was drinking a milkshake out of a wine glass and i was very <laughs> interested in what beverage that was and i was like that looks delicious i kind of want that right now <laughs> Um, and the one element I want to mention about Deal Breakers is when um, Liz is off, Frank replaces her and quickly finds himself merging into her. <laughs> and I put on a sweater because it's cold in the studio. <laughs> I'll be in my office trying to have it all. <laughs> Making fun of the Liz character. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. And, like, it's kind of, you know, it's a one-joke thing, but they do it so well that you laugh at it every time, so... I'm okay with Always. it. Yeah. Oh, and that other really good throwaway line from that episode, kind of the, the standout from that one, was when Frank comes up, yells at Tracy in, in the group, and then walks away. And then Tracy turns to everyone and goes, is Liz Lemon getting hotter? <laughs> that was definitely like a, a laugh-out-loud moment from that episode. Uh, now, is there anything else you want to say about these episodes before we move on to wrapping up? Just that they're all amazing. <laughs> Are there any other episodes of 30 Rock we should mention for the listeners? Oh, 
Oh my gosh, I could go on and on. Um, that black tie one that I mentioned is really good, and that's one that Tina Fey describes as a show finding its voice. There's another one called Milf Island, which actually has made its way into kind of like pop, pop mm. culture criticism as what launched the word MILF to popularity. Uh, <laughs> there's, uh, I really like they do a spoof of reality TV and The Queen of Jordan, and <laughs> that's just like a ton of fun. Uh, my way to oh god with jack as a gay flatulent oh my god (laughs) yeah there's like a really good side story about um jack trying to save his dignity and um jenna about to be sent to alcoholic um rehab and her milking that for attention it's just that's a great one and there's every episode i could go on and on those are the ones i actually looked up and have the names of so but I could always touch on more story points and plots and, and just like, you know, watch it till you see it. Yeah, pretty much. Everything I watched, you know, a bit of season one to get my head back in the game and then these episodes and a few around them and they're all great. So there's no, no, no one to avoid. They're all great. It might be. Okay. Well, that's 30 Rock done and dusted. Please go watch some 30 Rock. That's how I get amongst it suggestion for this week. Mm. Um, as mentioned up top, we have suggested a topic for the Impolite Society. Uh, that should be coming out very soon, if not already out, but check our socials and we'll, we'll be out there and we'll put some plugs into episodes that are, are coming out as well. Dylan, do you want to give us a quick rundown on what that episode will be about? The Impolite Society episode? Yes. It will be about the controversy surrounding Batman giving Catwoman oral sex in the Harley Quinn show that Warner Brothers blocked. See, that, that's a great launching off point for a wider discussion, which I'm very, very keen to hear about. We had oh, so much down. fun with this one. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, some of the topics we cover is the the history of Conolingus, right? Um, it's portrayal. We look at some of the more modern takes on it, the journey that it's on, and then really kind of the root of why it might make some men uncomfortable. And it, we cover a lot of ground in um, the show. So, you know, buckle in and it's, it's a fast one. Okay, terrific. Um, do you have a recommendation for one episode, someone who listens, I Miss You Man, if they want to get a touch of Impolite Society into their lives, what they should listen to first up? Oh, one that I think that does not get as much love as it deserves is the Why Can't I Eat Dog for Dinner? It's all about food <laughs> taboos and why we only eat specific animal meats. And it's um, I had a lot of fun doing the research. I think it had some good jokes in there and some really interesting history. Um, but it's it's definitely not one of the it's not one of the sexier topics. Right, I think I, I did say I must admit I did go past the one because <laughs> it was a bit a bit close to well you know I like animals so um, yeah. That's why it's a fun one. That's why, yeah, I mean, that's Rachel, yeah, she's an animal lover. She's got dogs abound and the cats abound in her house. And, you know, it's this cultural taboo. You're just not allowed to do it. Like, why? Why do we determine things are the way that they are? Why does mm. the idea make you so squeamish? Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll get around to it. Don't worry. <laughs> the episode I listened to recently and really enjoyed of Implot Society, one Dylan should probably listen to, is about approaching women and how the best way for men to do that in a in a in a polite society, I suppose, and the whole pickup artistry business, which is very icky, isn't it? Um, yeah. So yeah, Dylan, you might learn a thing or two if you listen to that one. All right, I'll give it a go. Come on. <laughs> uh, all right. So Laura, Rachel, where can people find you in, in polite society? 
they can find us anywhere. We are impolitesocietypodcast.com. Anywhere you get your podcast, you can just search Impolite Society Podcast. We are there. You can also follow us on our socials. We've got um, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Those are our best channels. We're always trying something new on, on TikTok. Yeah, that's a, it's got fun tidbits from the show and also just a little behind the scenes and like snippets from our own life and kind of like fun stuff on the themes of taboos. So um, we have a little bit of fun with that channel for sure. Okay, very cool. We'll put links to this in our show notes as well. People can find it easily. All right, we've done it. Thank you so much for coming along today. So much fun talking about 30 Rock and getting to know you guys and learning a bit more about, you know, impolite topics, Missouri, everything. And it's a great excuse for me to to get back into 30 Rock as well. So great to be reminded how enjoyable it is. Dylan, I don't know about you, but I think we should do this again sometime with Laura and or Rachel. Yeah, for sure. Been lovely guests. (laughs) We are down. Okay. Well, now we know I can work across continents. We'll have to work out another topic to do. After we work out our time zones, or after Laura works out her time zones. (laughs) We got together. The moral of the story is we connected, and that's all that matters. Exactly right. (laughs) All right, then. Well, until next time, I miss you, Dylan. I miss you, Lonnie. I miss you, Laura. I miss you, Lonnie. I miss you, Rachel. I miss you, Lonnie. (laughs) I miss everyone. How's that? That's easy. Okay, that's probably a bit quicker, Dylan. Yeah, thanks for that. I miss you, I miss you, man. I miss you, I miss you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.